0: I want to thank our sponsors, Athletic Greens, who created AG1, one of the most innovative packets of supplements, including 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. These ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. I personally started using Athletic Greens and love the way I feel in the morning after I drink it, and I no longer have energy crashes throughout the day. And the best part is that it's delicious. The founder of Athletic Greens created AG1 because he experienced a ton of gut health and ended up on a complicated and expensive supplement routine to recover. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/yasmine again that is athleticgreens.com/yasmine y a s m e e n to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, my name is Yasmin Tarehi and this is gateways to awakening where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with Peggy Fitzsimmons, who holds a PhD in counseling psychology and has worked in the fields of counseling and healing for over 25 years. She also lived and worked at the Omega Institute for Holistic Studies in New York, and was a consulting producer on Oprah Winfrey's Emmy-winning TV series, Super Soul Sunday. Peggy has utilized her expertise to help many people get their houses in order through intensive decluttering. And in her book, Release, Create a Clutter-Free and Soul-Driven Life, she shares some of her tips and practical insights with readers who want to free themselves from clutter. And I had the pleasure of reading her book and found it incredibly useful. So I'm so excited to welcome Peggy to the show.
1: Hello. Thank you, Yasmin. Great to be here.
0: So Peggy, to kick it off, uh, what types of clutter do we often
1: carry in our life? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think the most obvious one is physical clutter, and that's where people put their focus, right? I've got too much stuff, um, and that's true. Um, but I also think we were burdened with mental clutter, uh, emotional clutter, energetic clutter, and relationship clutter, as well as physical clutter. And in my book, i tried to um, show how those are all connected. Um, and I did that by kind of taking a spiritual perspective on the whole thing.
0: And why did you decide to focus on uh, clutter specifically?
1: Well, I had been working with people um, in their homes. And when you do that kind of work, it's it's very intimate and very sacred, right? Because you're with someone in their environment and you see everything. Things that are holding them back and things that are keeping them moving forward and feeling happy and free in life. So, decluttering's kind of always been part of my way. You know, I'm a Virgo, (laughs) I like beauty. Um, I decided, oh, I can do this and help people at the same time. And through all of that work, I really kind of began to see the patterns of, of clutter and how all forms of clutter are connected and how they kind of relate to. The two aspects within each of us, which is kind of our soul aspect and our ego aspect. And so that framework or lens is how I've approached the book and how I approach my work.
0: Mm yeah i I really enjoyed the stories that you shared and I think it would be so powerful for our audience to also get a sense of what does that look like? You know, a lot of p- times I think people assume that their homes are sort of clean enough or tidy enough or organized enough. Um, and I think we sort of don't can't get out of our own way um, and don't even notice what's holding us back. So what are some examples that you've seen of um, maybe former clients that you've worked with that have, that have kind of kept um, ex- excess stuff in their, in their homes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we could start with the physical clutter uh, and walk
1: and walk through some of the other types of clutter. Okay. Well, I think, I think it's important just kind of to get where I'm coming from is to kind of give a, a little bit of an overview of how I'm thinking about it um, and then move into that aspect. Cause it's all um, yeah, it's all related. So to me, we have two aspects of ourselves, right? We have our soul aspect, we have our ego aspect. And the soul is the part of us that's, you know, eternal and wise and loving, right? Our soul knows peace and joy and gratitude. Um, the soul aspect of us is free and unattached, but yet deeply connected to everyone and everything. Um, and, and, and most of us do not have that aspect of ourselves at the wheel of our lives. Instead, we have the (laughs) ego aspect of ourselves. You know, the ego is kind of the image we construct of ourselves, right? The beliefs, the needs, the roles, the possessions, um, everything we identify with in the world. And our ego aspect is concerned with self-preservation and success and survival. Um, The ego aspect of us knows fear and competition and conflict and scarcity. Um, And it sees us as separate from other people and even from the earth itself. So we have these two aspects. One is more true than the other, um, but typically the false self of the ego is at the wheel and driving our lives. Um, And I'm connecting this to your original question about clutter in that the ego mindset is one that says, I am not enough. You are not enough, and there is not enough. So when you're coming from that mindset, you begin to accumulate. Hmm. And you have certain thoughts, right? Your thoughts are about lack and separation, and your your emotions may, are more fearful or shameful or guilty, right? All these negative emotions and um Your relationships have a lot of judging and disharmony in them. And you begin to accumulate and hold on because you feel like you're not enough and there is not enough. And that's when people come to me and they say, I can't take it in my house. I'm overwhelmed. I have too many things. I'm not doing what I feel I want to be doing in my life. Um, I can't walk into my own garage (laughs) I have a closet full of clothes that I never wear these kinds of things Um, that's how people tend to come to me they reach a point where things don't feel right and they don't feel right spiritually they feel off they feel out of alignment somehow so I hope that answers your question kind of in a roundabout way.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. I'm sort of thinking like maybe the next question that audience members might have is like, well, how do we move from ego to soul? Like what's the the
1: process that you walk through people with? Yeah, that's the that's the million dollar question of life, right? Because we're we're all <laughs> saddled with these aspects and we're we're moving in and out of these aspects all the time. So the work I try to do when I go to someone's home is, I the first question I ask them is, what is your soul longing for right now? And most Mm. people, if you sit quietly for a few minutes or a few seconds, something will well up inside from your deeper knowing, your deeper intuitive place. So people might say, I want more ease in my life. I want more spaciousness. I want to feel more free. I want to do my art again. I want to have a family, right? Um, Any number of things that there is their current soul's longing. Now, once you have that, once you have a sense of that, then you can begin to look around your house and say, does this item contribute to what my soul is longing for right now? wow I'm just uh soaking that in that's yeah. so
0: <laughs> it's it's a lot
1: it's deep you know decluttering yeah. is deep it's not about you know p- putting a bunch of stuff in fancy containers and <laughs> you know organizing <laughs> I mean there's a place for that but it's much deeper you know it's about people I say well are you a minimalist I said no it's not about minimalism it's about honesty it's about mm. it's about are you really living the truth that you are a soul here temporarily with one focus, which is to serve your love to the world in whatever ways you do? You're doing it through this podcast. People do it through you know, their, their corporate work or being an artist or being a mother or father, whatever ways we do it. And there's multiple ways typically. But when when we know that, then we have to be more honest about our environments inside and out and if they're contributing to that.
0: Mm, Beautiful. Wow. So you start the process by asking this question and then moving through all the the different types of clutter, uh, mental clutter, emotional clutter, relationship clutter, and physical, which we briefly spoke about um how do you walk through that process with folks like what are some of the questions you
1: might ask and how long does the process usually take? Yeah well th- so this is a very interesting question here about how long it usually takes and I think most people kind of they like those shows you know on TV the hoarder shows right where the people come <laughs> in and they put everything in a truck and a bunch of garbage bins and then they they walk away you know <laughs> but I don't and, and that's true that can that happens but to me, to me, this is a, a, a lifelong process, decluttering, and I don't mean that like there's no end in sight. You must continue on. <laughs> you know, it's to me, it's fun. It's it's a release party. That's what I call it when I declutter. It's like in any moment in time, you're releasing what doesn't serve in that moment of time, and that can change over time. Um, and and then bigger than that, of course, is we're. We're all souls and human bodies, and we all have an ego mind, right? So we're constantly trying to determine who's at the wheel, you know? Is this thought from my true true soul nature, or is this an ego thought, ego emotion, ego way of relating, right? So that's kind of the the ongoing um, search of us as human beings here on this planet. Um, Mm. But as far as decluttering, to me, it's when you can identify what your soul is longing for and get clear about what you want in this next moment of your life, this next year, this next phase, this next few months, whatever it is, that gives you a lens to then look at everything through that lens. And when you do that, things begin to let go of you. It's it's the opposite of what people think, right? You have to force yourself to get rid of things. You have to judge yourself for having them. You have to be ashamed because you have so much and other people have nothing. You know all these kind of ego based cultural messages. Um, I don't see it that way. I see it as a release party because my freedom is tied to your freedom. More free you can be, the more free I can be, because we're all connected.
0: Hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm just sort of thinking about that as uh, I moved from the Bay Area to LA, and um, th- there's definitely just kind of a general different orientation towards um, towards I'd say the accumulation <laughs> of yes. things in in each city. Um, so how how have some of the people you've worked with changed their lives through this process?
1: well people people have amazing things happen when they begin to clear out clutter whether it's clutter in their thoughts or their feelings or their relationships or their you know their drawers <laughs> their bathrooms cabinets mm-hmm. um, because everything we hold on to is is like stagnant energy it's untapped energy so when you begin to move things to let go to make decisions about um, you you necessarily kind of create a different flow of energy and with that comes changes so people people may decide to change their jobs they may get a new job I mean I've had people get in touch with long-lost relatives will call like two days after they've just decluttered Room and and talked about that person because they found something connected to them and they're you know stuffed in the guest room box, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so all kinds of magic happens when when we declutter and um, and people tend to mostly just feel more like themselves, you know, less trapped, less overwhelmed, um, more able to make choices to do what feeds their soul rather than what feeds what the culture says is important, right? Which is all ego-based culture, right? You have to accumulate, you have to achieve, you have to be the best, you have to compete, you have to stand out, all these things. And, you know, you're in LA right now, so I know you know what I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, I think a lot of us are driven by ego and I think Um, You know, I loved in the book, you spoke about how you became, I wouldn't call it minimalist, right? But it's sort of, I sort of feel like you went through this process of only keeping what is necessary. And I, um, I think back to an earlier conversation with a previous guest who talked about syntropy and entropy, and he spoke about how the more s- simplified your life
1: is, the more synchronicities that are, are possible. Absolutely, there's no static. There's no clogging. You know, it's like you can think of clutter as like um, clogging your bloodstream, right? Or or clogging the energy uh, acupuncture systems, right? The en- energy meridians. It's like the house is the metaphor for the self. So clutter is static. Clutter inhibits free flow. So yes, Mm. I agree with that for sure. So uh, after you ask
0: these two questions, um, what sort of order do you work through when it comes to some of the other clutter? Um, You know, we spoke about a little bit about mental clutter and emotional clutter. Can you maybe define what those mean to folks? Uh, Because I think most decluttering uh, books really just talk about one type of clutter or maybe two at most, Mm -hmm. but I love how you brought in all these different types of clutter, which, which to me contribute
1: to the same thing. Yeah. Well, I think all these things kind of happen at once. It's not really a linear process when I sit with someone. So let's say I go into someone's home and we, we begin, what is your soul longing for right now? You know, I want to feel more spaciousness and freedom. Okay, great. So let's look around and let's, you tell me internally where does your intuition take you? Where do you want to start? Right. Someone might say, well, first they'll say, I don't know, I'm not sure. And I say, well, just let's just be with it for a minute. And then they'll say, I want to start in the guest room. <laughs> or I want to start in my closet. Or I want to empty the garage or whatever it is. So I always trust people's intuition where they want to start. And I think that um, A lot of times, you know, because everything's connected, um, I've been in situations where I've been sitting in a bathroom with somebody, clearing out the cabinets of the outdated medication and the beauty products Mm -hmm. they don't use anymore, and the raggedy old towels, and you know, and all the things that are not worthy of their soul, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And and they might start crying on the floor. Because some mm-hmm. emotion is being unlocked, right? About anything. I mean, you just never know. That's the magic and the mystery of it. Um, because, because our clutter is all connected. And you know, if, you're, if you don't know yourself as a worthy soul, then chances are you try to, um, to create a sense of worth. So maybe you go and buy a bunch of stuff you don't need. Maybe you're in relationships that are are ego-based, that are harmful to you. Maybe you don't take care of your own physical relationship to yourself, right? Self-care, trust your intuition, all these kinds of things. So these are kind of examples of, of how things are all connected. So wherever you start, whether you start with your thoughts that might be cluttery, right? Maybe you're... You spend a lot of time thinking about the past, jumping ahead to the future, right? That's what the ego mind does. Uh, maybe you resist a lot, right? Whatever's happening, you're resisting it all the time. It's sunny out. I wish it was raining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick. I wish I wasn't sick. You know, I'm tired. I shouldn't be tired. I should keep moving, right? Like all these kinds of things are going on in the mind all the time. Um, so wherever we start, we find a thread to something else. That's what makes it fun. Mm, amazing! I, I want you to come
0: over to my apartment.
1: <laughs> well, that's why I, I wrote the book because I, uh, I can't come to everyone's apartment, and I wish I could because I, I love, I love doing the work. I love watching people get free and and get more in touch with themselves. You know, it's like it's it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's intimate. It's very sacred work to me. It really is, and so that's why I wrote the book because I felt like. I felt like I had something to say, right? I had this experience and I wanted to write the book in a way that people could read it and feel like they have company to go through the process. You know, and it's hard to break it all down in a 45 minute podcast. There's a lot of content in the book um, and a lot of practical stuff as well as more kind of esoteric or spiritual kind of perspective. Um, But I tried to to do my best to get it all in there.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was inspired after reading your book to I, I think my biggest, I guess, piece of um, clutter is my books. I have, I'm not exaggerating, maybe a thousand books mm-hmm. and I have brought them with me everywhere and, and uh, refer back to them. But I went through and actually released a lot of books um, from my bookcase after, after reading that, because yeah, there's a, it, it's interesting when you investigate the attachment you have to certain objects and things and what it means to you? Like, what does it represent?
1: Yeah. What did you find with the books? I mean, I'm just curious.
0: So I had a period in my life where I was really interested in things like politics and finance and, um, you know, yeah, that kind of, that kind of stuff. And then I moved more into like leadership. And, um, now for the last several years, I've been really interested in books like you know in the intuitive world in self development, personal mastery, that kind of stuff, and so I, I realized that this, you know, each phase of my life um, should actually take precedence on my bookshelf as opposed to kind of bringing them all together, right? So I got I let go of a lot of my finance books um, from back in the day, and I think it just represented a period in my life where I felt savvy in a in a particular subject, um, which I don't I don't feel as confident anymore, right? So. Um, yeah, so it was interesting to, to see also which books I was letting go of. <laughs> right,
1: right. Um, yeah. and, and the whole process of decluttering and what you're speaking of with the books, it's like you're bringing yourself into present time. And, and although you've had these experiences in the past with interest in you know, politics or any, you know, finance or anything like that, that's great and fine and part of your, your life story. But in present time, that's not what gives you juice anymore. It's not where your soul is heading in terms of where it wants to keep your focus. And that's fine. You know, it's like, okay, let me bring myself into present time by releasing things that aren't in present time. Um, And that's how that's one of the things I always ask clients in, in the home, you know, is is this item is this possession in present time now that doesn't mean you you have to get rid of every bit of memorabilia you ever had i'm not suggesting you erase your life (laughs) right (laughs) i mean that's not the point but there are certain things like if you've got a whole bunch of skiing equipment out in the garage but you don't ski anymore you know because you physically can't let's say you've had an injury or something well, then that ski equipment is not in present time and could actually serve somebody else. Um, so if you liberate it, someone else gets to have joy from it. Same with your books. Someone else's soul is longing to know more about politics and finance. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. you know, that's great. Give them what they need.
0: Right, right. Yes. Okay. <laughs>
1: I love I
0: love that. I love that. Yeah, and, and I'm so inspired to go do this work. It's so hard. I think that's the part about decluttering that I think is so hard is that is starting right. Is just like having the catalyst to to actually do it. Like I think most people want more organization, um, you know, more spaciousness, but then i'd say maybe 90% plus we just don't do it so absolutely
1: we're overwhelmed to start with it's a big job it feels insurmountable and there's a million other things we'd rather be doing right <laughs> it's like right <laughs> but what what i and uh, i just believe this and uh, more than i believe it i know it from my experience it's just there's nothing really more fun and more important than than clearing things that that are getting in the way of what we're here to do in the world and um, and sharing them with other people who may be less fortunate and have less than us. It's like keeping the, the flow of receiving and giving going, you know, instead of accumulating and hoarding. You know, we're all hoarders. I mean, you see these shows, that those are extreme versions, but you know, you can look at any house in any town Um, in any city in any state and it's filled with people that have bought into a cultural thing that we're supposed to and an ego mind thing that says i have to have you know i have to have it i have to feel safe and secure through my possessions Um, i can't let go Um, and getting started like like you said the biggest thing i would say is just start somewhere start anywhere clean out a drawer one drawer. You know, go, go find 25 things around the house when this podcast is, when you're done listening to the podcast, go find 25 things you can release. Anything counts, you know, a piece of paper, an old stuffed animal, uh, your, your habit of saying I'm sorry every 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> anything, anything you can think of. Um, you know, some of the noise in your life, you know, turn off the TV for, for 20 minutes. You know, go for a hike without your headphones on um, that kind of thing, right? It's all forms of clutter that keep us away from what we're here for and, and, and our kind of our true, deeper intuitive nature.
0: Mm. Yes. I love that. And what was your process like, Peggy, when you were going through this, I imagine that there was some moment that catalyzed it for you to, to start decluttering and live, you know, more, um, soul-driven life?
1: Yeah, I think it kind of, it, it, it was interesting because um, when I, when I was with my ex-husband, um, Ralph, he was, he was a very decluttered sort of guy. And, um, and I didn't have a lot of physical clutter at the time, but definitely, you know, he had a lot less. And so he was kind of a catalyst for that. And also for you know, all kinds of clutter, because that, as you know, as you go through a relationship, that's when all the mental and emotional and, <laughs> and clutter comes up. <laughs> um, but one of my jobs, um, at one point I worked as a wilderness therapist, so I would take troubled kids out on 21-day backpacking expeditions with a team of people. And in that process, you know, you're out there for 21 days in remote areas and you have a backpack, and you have one spoon <laughs> and you've got whatever clothes you brought and whatever gear you need. But that's what you've got. And having that experience kind of showed me a little bit more about what's essential. Right. Um, and I think my entire life has been a search for what's essential in terms of people and connection and um who we really are and who I really am and who you really are and where can we meet that's true. Right. So that's always been a thing for me. I've worked in counseling and healing and addiction work and energy work and on and on and on, you know, that's just my, been my orientation to life. So I think, I think that backpacking experience and then just my own decision early to live for experiences rather than, for um kind of the prescribed cultural you know get a job stand up for 30 years and you know get your retirement fund and and all that you know i just never lived that kind of life um i certainly started out on that track you know but um getting a phd and doing all the culturally prescribed things um but then i just thought no i want experiences so if you're going for experiences <laughs> you then you say you know you need to you naturally let go, right? Because you're moving from one thing to the next. Mm, amen. That's been
0: my <laughs> life journey as well. I'm, I'm, you know, living and traveling to a lot of places, and also left uh, the corporate. I guess maybe linear game. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard it described as like an assembly line life, um, as well, but yeah, that's beautiful. And how, how has the pandemic, um,
1: shifted your work or has it shifted your work? Well, I think the pandemic has shifted everybody. And for anybody who's out there doing the work of decluttering or the work of, um, spiritual writings or, you know, other ways of living, you know, all these sorts of topics have come into focus now, because I think in that time, although there were tremendous horrors going on for people, you know, people dying and dealing with family stress, you know, all of that was horrible. And yet there was this kind of slice of light happening as well, because we were, everybody slowed down, you know, everybody didn't have to, follow the pace and rhythm that they were used to people were spending time with their family more they were spending time outside more they were less distracted with all the demands of life right just getting to the office every day and what that took Um, and people I think were less consuming right we weren't out as much in the stores buying and at restaurants buying and consuming and all these things and I just think it, it collectively brought us to another layer of like, hey, wait a minute, what really matters? What really matters for me in my life? And as you can see, there's been a lot of transition from that. You know, people are the great resignation, right? People are leaving jobs and people are deciding to go live outside of city centers in more sane circumstances, whether than suburbs or less um, populated areas or buying land. You know, all these sorts of things are, are about people being called to listen more deeply to what truly matters in their own souls, knowing uh, for their life path. And that was one of the gifts of COVID in my experience.
0: Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, Why do you think this subject is important, Peggy?
1: Um, I think this subject is important because... It's really the only game in town. <laughs> I mean, and I don't say that like in an obnoxious way, but I really mean that we are here temporarily. We are here with love and to love and to serve our love and to make the world a better place and to engage our passions and to bring aliveness to those we meet and kindness. I mean, that's that's our, our true Our true state, right? Our, our, our our soul nature is about presence. It's about peace. It's about contentment and acceptance. It's about connection, collaborating, letting go, right? That's our soul nature. But everything else is the ego at the wheel, right? Or when our culture oriented towards fear and feeling less than and striving and competing and accumulating, you know, it, it's not our true state. So the work is important because we're here to to clear the clutter of who we are not. <laughs> mm,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's... Um... I think it's I think it's actually getting harder for a lot of people because of social media and just all these comparisons being made and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's been fascinating just to like kind of see people move through this time. and um, Peggy, I'm, I'm also curious, like what was your journey like? Can you tell us about um, how did you discover that you know love is is the the only game in town and you know were you, were you always um, did you always have this mindset?
1: Um, I guess I think we all have this mindset deep down (laughs) and I think we're all trying to learn all the time and, and be better and be, you know, kinder and more authentic and more natural. Um, I think for me, I'm not really sure, you know, I don't really have an answer to that because it kind of trips you into that weird ego category. Like, I'm so whatever, you know. I'm I'm just like everybody else. I have all forms of clutter, <laughs> mental, emotional, you know. But but I'm a little more aware of it, and I'm I'm trying to be more and more mindful, and and that's been kind of the work I've done with people as a counselor, as a therapist, as a, a coach, you know, in the different capacities I've worked in. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I, I know that. And what comes to mind when you ask that is when I was. Um, when I was 36, I found out I was in premature menopause and I couldn't have children. And, you know, to be honest, at the time I was married and we didn't really want to have children, but we thought, well, maybe, right? Maybe when we're 40, you know, we'll go ahead and do it kind of thing. But then all of a sudden that decision was kind of, quote, taken away, right? And, and I think at that time, at the time I was working in the wilderness and I remember going out on a trip and I just said, I said kind of to nature and to the universe I guess I just said how am I supposed to give birth in the world um, mm-hmm. and the answer that came back very clearly was give birth to yourself first and that kind of set me on a whole trajectory you know that's when I ended up getting divorced though it certainly wasn't causal you know but but in that time a lot changed and and I began a deeper dive because into myself because not being able to have a kid and the whole world being about having children and then my own thing of failing as a woman or whatever that is, right? All those things came up, right? All the mental and emotional clutter of that was coming up to be investigated. So I was sifting through a lot of that clutter at the time. Um, and then I decided to go live and work at the Omega Institute, which kind of, again, opened portals to all kinds of other things that that happened in my life. So it's just all Amazing. moments, right? They all lead. It's like following breadcrumbs. That's what I tell people: we're just following the <laughs> breadcrumbs. You know, and to me, we're—I I think we're better off following soul breadcrumbs rather than ego breadcrumbs.
0: Mm. Yes, Amen. And uh, Peggy, what has like surprised you
1: the most on this journey? What surprised me the most is that anytime I go anywhere whether it's a party or, you know, hanging out with people, whatever it is. And if I say I do this sort of work, or I did, now I'll say well, I wrote this book, right? Every single person says, oh, my God, I need that. Everybody feels that way. Everybody. And and that, to me, is quite stunning and, um, and quite exciting, because... People know that they're not really living maybe the way they want to live. And I don't mean drastic sweeping changes, but even little things, you know. Can you walk into your bedroom and, and it be clean and neat without clothes that you worked really hard for strewn all over, you know. Can you, can you respect, you know, all the things you've chosen in your life, right. Everything in your house, as an example. These are things you've chosen. Of all the cajillions of things in this universe, you've chosen these particular things, right? So they're sacred, just by nature of the fact that you chose them from all the myriad of choices. So it's like how how are you how are you representing that? How are you treating them sacredly? How are you making your environment worthy of who you are as a soul, as a being, a human being? Right? These are important things and the other thing i've been surprised with is many many people have been in their homes and they have not made the connection that if if they have 10 pillows (laughs) on their bed somebody else out there doesn't have a pillow and if you can release just one of those pillows you know, I'm using pillows as an example. But if you can release one of those, somebody else has what they need. Somebody else isn't forgotten. You know, I always say sharing is the new philanthropy, right? <laughs> <I love laughs> Let's that. share what we have. It's not that deep, you know. It's super deep, but it's not that complicated, right? It's like, wow. People don't make the connection that there are people with very little. Yeah. Wow! And there's people with too much, but they're all, you know, from the same source, you know.
0: Uh, so, Peggy, what do you want to tell our listeners about their wellness and well-being? What's your main takeaway? If you could tell folks anything um, as we wrap up, what would that be? I think
1: the the biggest key to health and wellness is to remember who we are. We are souls and physical bodies temporarily inhabiting this earth. (laughs) And I think when we can start there, we necessarily begin to live differently. We begin to live more um, awake. We begin to live more considerately of other people. We begin to take care of our physical vessels that house us for this time. Um We begin to focus on what matters more than what someone else tells us that matters, that may not matter to us. So it starts a whole kind of uh, opening of of coming back to who we are. And that is what health and wellness is. You know, health and wellness is, is accepting who we are and and living more freely and calmly and in our own rhythm and in our own desires you know that that is what health and wellness is and most people who don't feel they're living that life their life is out of tune they're out of alignment they're living at the wrong pace for themselves they're in a pressure job when they don't really like pressure they're an accountant when they want to be a painter <laughs> <laughs> they're worried about money constantly they're trying to save and Prepare for a future that may never come. Um, they're holding on to things, you know, thinking that it's forever and it's not. Yep. Amen. Yeah, I think we get all very caught
0: up in uh, in our own kind of personal story and trajectory. And, you know, I think a lot of people could afford the life that they want without um, pushing themselves. They just... You need to declutter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I always say if it costs you peace, it's too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) And I think most people who are listening, if they're listening to this in the first place, then they're interested in this area of decluttering. And there's tons of books, tons of websites. I mean, there's so much information. So if you're feeling the pull, follow the impulse just follow it one small step it doesn't have to be a complete transformation of your life in one day that's not how it works just start somewhere you know make a step beautiful so
0: uh, Peggy, are there any resources that you can point folks to in order to learn more about you and
1: your work? Um, yeah, I have a website. Um, there's a few um, articles and podcasts and things like that. So anyone who you know, is not in a financial position to purchase a book or doesn't want the clutter of a book, I totally get that. Um, so there's some things on, on my website, which is PeggyFitzSimmons.com. Um, and you know, like I said, there's all kinds of people tapping into this desire to kind of release the things that that don't really serve us. So find the the author that resonates with you. um, Find the podcast that resonates with you. um, But trust yourself that if you're feeling something wants to shift that, that that is very doable and you can get help with a book or with professionals that are out there doing the work with people, you know, coming into people's homes get help. You know, we all need company for all aspects of our lives. So there's no, there's no shame in needing help at all. It's actually a joyful thing to be helped and to help someone in this kind of work.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And we'll leave the link to uh, your website and book in the show notes. So thank you so much for your time, Peggy. This was so inspiring and uh, I'm excited to look at my own apartment <laughs> and go through the list as well.
1: <laughs> great. That's great. Thanks so much for having me and and, and best to you and what you're doing to to bring light and love to the world through this podcast. It's uh, It's awesome.
0: oh thank you so much thank you Peggy and for our audience thanks for joining and for listening in this episode we learned about decluttering with Peggy Fitzsimmons and you can tune in to Gateways to Awakening where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being and spirituality, thanks again